Evil Alliance. Darth Maul and Savage Opress escape Obi-Wan Kenobi's assault once again. With their plan to build a crime organization in peril, the brothers' fate is about to be changed forever as they drift barely alive through unknown space. scintillatingly Sith-approved episode of Mandovision, Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small independent Star Wars podcast once again. We're so glad you're here. <laughs> the best way to find us is, of course, on social media, at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandovisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, following, and sharing the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. Well, I'm assuming that dedicated listeners, members of Buckethead Nation, that by my tone of voice, my lower timbre, it is, of course, Mandovision After Dark. Um, I am recover- I'm recording under the cover of Nightfall, which is somewhat appropriate considering the uh, nature of the episode of, of Star Wars The Clone Wars, with, with, which we are about to discuss here, uh, because this one is dark and full of shadows and mystery and imminent danger for our heroes. Uh, but even more importantly, this is one of the, one of the rare episodes of the series uh, where we focus entirely on our bad guys and, and set in the table for what's to come in this fifth episode. I'm sorry, the fifth season of Star Wars The Clone Wars uh, for, the, for, the, for what, is, what I think is arguably uh, the strongest finish of, of of episodes in in the series, uh, and that's saying a lot because we've we've covered some really great episodes uh, leading up to season finales in, in the course of our rewatch here on Star Wars: The Clone Wars. And I mean, I don't know what else to say. Like, we get we get three amazing episodes coming up dealing with Mandalore, Death Watch, Maul, Savage, the formation of the Shadow Collective. Uh, really big things. Uh, it, Really good, establishing Bo-Katan as 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 a, uh, a, a emerging character in the Star Wars lore and mythology, uh, these these episodes that we're dealing with here in the next couple of weeks are are huge, uh, and then to close out the season is possibly the the biggest Ahsoka arc we can possibly conceive of, 
uh, in, in this, at this period in her life. Um, major ramifications come out of these final episodes of season five here, uh, and it's a big deal. I mean, these are big deal episodes, and, and so they merit a lot of uh, serious conversation. <laughs> but again, we're under the cover of Nightfall, and it is Mandavision After Dark, but not in the sexy way. In the, in the, like, we have to be in the shadows to stay protected from the villainy that is afoot. And so, so welcome back to, to our Star Wars, the Clone Wars rewatch series. Uh, it's been a little while. I'm, I'm, I'm a tad rusty at this <laughs> because uh, as I was putting together my notes for this episode, I, I sort of had to pause and, and like think back, like, how do I do the rewatch shows? Again, it's not super different structurally, but there's little little touches, little flourishes here and there uh, that make the Star Wars rewatches a little bit different than when we're watching new episodes of, of Mando or Andor or any of those things. Uh, so I kind of had to had to check myself a little bit and be like, get myself a little bit more prepared, uh, especially as we dive back into these. Like I said, paramount paramount of paramount importance these episodes are, and again, we just spent season three of the Mandalorian with spending a lot of time with Bo-Katan and the Mandalorians uh, and these episodes these these next three we have lined up pretty important to to a lot of the things that we deal with in the Mandalorian right a lot of a lot of the state of Mandalore kind of comes from what happens in these next few weeks of, of Star Wars the Clone Wars rewatches so really big stuff really important stuff and and I can't wait to get into it with you guys a lot of a lot, a lot of fun stuff coming up so I think it's I think it's time just to kind of dive into things. Let's get it together. Let's get it going. We are here for, of course, Star Wars: The Clone Wars, Season Five, Episode Fourteen, Eminence. The original air date, January nineteenth, two thousand and thirteen. Uh, and just briefly, I, this is one that you know I don't normally get into like looking at the definitions of words to, to use in the podcast. Uh, I think this one in particular is of is of importance. All right, Eminence. Fame or recognized superiority, uh, and I think that fits the bill for Maul in in this arc in particular. Um, it's just pretty spot on. I, I, that's what I'm gonna leave it at. This episode is written by Chris Collins, directed by Kyle Dunleavy. Uh, we have a great cast of voice actors, just being the baddest of the bad guys in this one. Sam Witwer is Maul. John Favreau is Pre Vizsla. Kevin Michael Richardson is Jabba the Hutt. Gorga the Hutt. <laughs> and various other sundry characters. Corey Burton is Aruba the Hutt and one of the Death Watch guards. Uh, Katie Sackhoff is Bo-Katan, as per usual. Note at this point in the series, Bo-Katan may have a name, but she is not Bo-Katan Kreese just yet. Uh, Clancy Brown is Savage Opress. Matt Lanter is Lom Pike in this episode. Uh, Claire Grant is Lats Razzi. Dave Filoni is Embo. <laughs> Anna Graves is Suji. And of course, Tom Kane is our narrator. So reading that cast list, you know, you, you, you know right away that we have some returning characters, uh, some, some, some sort of fan favorites that have emerged over the course of the previous seasons and episodes of the show. Uh, and we're going to talk about a lot of these things because uh, this episode also introduces, uh, it recanonizes one criminal syndicate. It is the first appearance of another criminal syndicate. Uh, and it's just... If you're a fan of the, of the Star Wars underworld in the way that I am, this is definitely an episode for you, so, so brace yourselves. Our, our plot this week, Darth Maul and Savage Opress join forces with the Death Watch 
and together they recruit the Black Sun and Hut crime lords to form the Shadow Collective. And, and it's not my favorite plot description because it's a uh, kind of gives away some of the fun that we got to, that we get to talk about a little bit later. But they didn't cover everything in this one, no sirree. So let's go into this episode. Let's dive into it. Let's do what we got to do. Break it down. Talk about all the things. Um, yeah, it, it, let's just do it. You know what time it is. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. What are you? Should we rub them out? No. I want to hear their story. If they're an enemy of the Jedi, then they're a friend of mine. Load them up. And as I warned you, a little bit rusty, I forgot to give you our Jedi fortune cookie for this episode, which is one vision can have many interpretations. Uh, and I think that's a pretty, as you watch the episode, that is a fairly self-explanatory Jedi fortune cookie, uh, particularly when it comes to uh, the visions of Maul himself and Pre Vizsla. Vizsla obviously very focused on Mandalore, Mandalore itself, and only Mandalore. Uh, Darth Maul with a much grander vision, uh, which he, with a much wider scope than Vizsla. And, and Maul is more than happy to point that out to Vizsla uh, at, at, a very, at a specific point in this episode, which I find just utterly delightful. But yes, this episode, I mean, this connects back to the very first episode of Season 5, Back to Revival, where Maul and, and Savage Opress uh, escape from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, and, 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 you know, it's been a hot minute since that opening episode. You know, what's Maul been doing? What's been going on here? Well, this is the episode that starts to fill in a lot of those blanks of what's been going on with Maul and Savage since episode one in the season. They're found on the verge of death, freezing in their, in their uh, lifeless spacecraft by members of the Death Watch, including Pre Vizsla and Bo-Katan. Uh, and I believe it's that lightsaber that Pre Vizsla finds on the floor that clues him into the, these are clearly not Jedi, so perhaps they are enemies of the Jedi, and perhaps this is a, um, a being, two beings that I can potentially exploit. Now remember, Savage Opress is uh, damaged. He lost a hand to Obi-Wan Kenobi. So he's in, in a little bit more dire straits than his brother at this point in the episode. Uh, and, and once they get back to Bath's hidden base, it is Maul that recovers first to sort of begin laying the groundwork uh, for, for his, his grand scheme and how uh, Mandalore and, and Pre Vizsla's vision can fit into his. So let's take a look at that scene right now. You're not Jedi, so what are you? We are Sith. Do you serve Count Dooku? I serve no one. I thought there could only be two Sith. A master and an apprentice. We are brothers. The true lords of the Sith. What happened to your ship? Destroyed by Jedi. Do you know which Jedi? Kenobi. So clearly this is Katan. <laughs> Bo-Katan and Pre Vizsla exchanged a glance. They have found the perfect people to bring into their, their uh, fray against the Jedi. Um, 
it's a great sequence of, of, of plotting, but the Mandalorian's clearly not knowing what they've gotten themselves into at this point. Uh, still thinking that Vizsla, of course, thinking that he still controls the situation. <laughs> Let's listen to the rest of the conversation. It's, it's pretty enjoyable. And, and uh, Sam Witwer just, as always, just putting everything he's got into his, his interpretation of, of Maul's voice. And it's just, just wonderful. And what do you seek now, Sith? Fortune and power. Repair this one's legs and do what you can for the other. Yes, sir. So that's Maul getting a bit of an upgrade. And uh, Savage is going to be getting a new hand on this one. Now there's another sequence here where Maul goes into uh, Vizsla's, well, I will just call it a fancy tent, <laughs> to, to sort of more uh, pitch his grand vision for what he wants to achieve in the galaxy and, and just how Mandalore can fit into it. So I'm going to pull up a little bit of that conversation too because, again, it's quite juicy stuff. Um, this, this early half of the episode uh, really sets the stage for a lot of, of, of power play dynamics between the two characters. Uh, and it, it, it becomes fairly obvious, I think, even to Vizsla that uh, he's no match for, for Maul and he's bitten off way more than he can chew. And you have to wonder, at what point in the episode does Vizsla wonder if it would have been easier if, uh, like Bo-Katan suggested, if they just rubbed him out when they found him you know, near death on that spaceship? Because, uh, again, by the end of this episode, Vizsla's feeling like things are getting a tad out of hand here. Now, he still thinks he can handle it. Let's, let's, not, let's never discount the, the um, massive ego of pre-Vizsla and the supreme overconfidence of pre-Vizsla but you know, there's got to be something tugging in the back of his brain that this is this was uh, he's gonna try and take what he needs out of this situation. But it, I think he knows. I think he knows it's not. It's probably not gonna work out the best for him. Maybe not for Mandalore either. But yeah, let me cue up that conversation because there's some good stuff in here. Now the first snippet from this conversation that I'm gonna cue up um, is Previsa sort of explaining who they are to Maul, and and that that will allow Maul to kind of begin to formulate his plan and the role that Death Watch can play in this. I want to include this section in here because, again, as a show that, that's, you know, this podcast sort of sprung out uh, from the Mandalorian television series, right? Like, I was inspired by that show to kind of get my, my stuff together and start talking about what I love so much, which is Star Wars. Uh, so I think it's really important to, to hear Vizsla's side of what Death Watch actually is. So I, I know we talked about it way back when they were first introduced back in season two, but let's just put a little re refresher out here for everybody, okay? So Vizsla's gonna lay it on Front Street just what the Death Watch really is all about. Your mark. The sign of Clan Vizsla. I am pre-Vizsla. We are the Death Watch. Descendants of the true warrior faith all Mandalorians once knew. Now my people are living in exile because we will not abandon our heritage. Our people were warriors, strong, feared. Now they're ruled by the new Mandalorians who think that being a pacifist is a good thing. They've given away our honor and tradition for peace. Duchess Satine and her corrupt leadership are crushing our souls, destroying our identity. That is our struggle. If they are weak, why do you wait? 
The Duchess has powerful allies, including your Jedi friend, Kenobi. He is also responsible for our exile. Perhaps fortune brought us together. It is the will of the Force. We can help you reclaim Mandalore. And punish Kenobi for his trespasses. We allied ourselves with Sith before. Count Dooku, he betrayed us. Sith are no better than Jedi. They claim to be powerful, but we put these two back together after the Jedi gutted them. Doubt will only lead to failure. Hold! Our combined strength will be rewarded. Mandalore will be yours, and Kenobi, this Sith pretender Dooku, and all our enemies will fall. Check on your brother. We'll put it to a vote. And in case it wasn't clear, that was Bo-Katan Kreese that was being force-choked by by Maul at that point to sort of emphasize his point. Um, and I think it's an impressive display. I think, again, at this point, I think Previsla thinks he's got uh, fortune on his side. Uh, but Maul very quickly will establish himself as the one running the show, and, and Vizsla is just there to support his grand ambitions for the galaxy. Uh, and because, again, reminder, back to Revival, the, the plan all along was to form this great criminal syndicate that could cripple the galaxy, that they could use to move in, 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 into places of power and to, to um, be counter to the Republic, to the Separatists, to the entire Clone Wars operation. Remember, this is all about getting the attention of, of Darth Sidious. Uh, Maul's plan for vengeance goes all the way to the top. It's not, it's, you know, Kenobi's a big part of it, but he wants his revenge on Palpatine as well. It, it's, it's a broad, big-scale plan that Maul's concocting here. Uh, and he sees where the Mandalorians fit in it, even if Pre Vizsla uh, can't quite conceive of just how big and, and far-reaching uh, Maul's plan is. So, so this, this, this is where the episode really takes off, in, in my opinion, because now you know, we have all of our plot stuff out there, it's all on Front Street, and now it's all about combining these forces together uh, so that they can move in on Mandalore, so they can move against the Jedi, they can move against the Republic and the Separatists and, and everyone who's wronged Maul at this point. You know, it gets Vizsla what he wants. The plan is to be on Mandalore, and we'll talk about that a little bit further down in this episode. Um, but right now what happens is, is a lot of really fast-paced, great action sequences, uh, which is, is the formation of the Shadow Collective. Uh, and it's, again, it's really, really strong stuff. I was just delighted by every second of this episode. Uh, because the first stop is to go see Black Sun, uh, a group making its, its reemergence into Star Wars canon. Originally introduced back in 1998 in the Shadows of the Empire, a multimedia project that Lucasfilm conceived of uh, that, would, uh, that was to be set between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. It was the first time that bounty hunters fought for the carbonite frozen body of Han Solo. Uh, and, and they introduced the Black Sun criminals organization. They introduced Prince Shizor as the leader of Black Sun. Uh, and this, obviously, we're set in the Clone Wars era, but we're seeing a 
Black Sun organization that's still run by the same Faline species like Prince Shizor is. And, you know, we're just seeing an earlier version of it, and they get their, <laughs> their leadership is uh, relieved of their heads by Savage Oppressant and a sweet double-bladed lightsaber maneuver. Uh, so the, the survivor of, of that encounter allies with Maul and the Death Watch. So now they have their first domino in place. Uh, so again, it, to me, as someone of my age bracket, I thought it was really cool to see Black Sun reintroduced into the canon. It was an element that I liked. I, I, I know many people, not huge fans, of, of certain elements of the Shadows of the Empire series from back in the day. But I, I always liked Black Sun. Again, I like that underworld element. I like there being like rivals for the huts and things like that. So bringing Black Sun back, I thought was really cool. And making them part of the Shadow Collective, I thought was even cooler. Now, what's next is the debut of the Pikes. This episode is the first time we see the Pikes. Now, you may know that the Pikes initially... Uh, they were sort of planted in Star Wars The Clone Wars uh, as, 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 as sort of like seeds, right? Because at the time that the Clone Wars TV series was going on and happening and being planned out, uh, there was also plans for the first live-action Star Wars television series, uh, Star Wars Underworld. Uh, these, these were – they were thinking long-range. They were thinking ahead of themselves. There were, there were plans for characters to be introduced in, in the Clone Wars, and we did see some of them. And there were plans for – criminal organizations like the Pikes to debut in the Clone Wars so that when they did this Underworld show, they were already sort of established in the mythology, established in the lore. Uh, but unfortunately, Star Wars Underworld didn't happen, didn't come to be. Uh, the budgetary concerns, they were like, this show's going to cost too much money. And this was, money. we're talking like, you know, the late 2000s, early 2010s, uh, and, and the technology wasn't quite there. You know, as usual, George Lucas was sort of ahead of the curve on technology. So the, the show was, was, was sort of written off and shelved as just being kind of unfilmable, right? Like the budget was just too much at the time. The Pikes were also being planted uh, because there's another, another element to this underworld aspect was the video game 1313 was also in development, uh, and that would later be shelved and canceled as well. Uh, but the Pikes were supposed to be a part of that game as well. So it, it, you know, the Pikes got their debut in here, and they got their live-action debut in Solo, uh, but the, the Pikes have always sort of had these big plans. They always had these big plans for the Pikes. Uh, you know, we got to see them in live action in, in, the, in, in Solo, in the Book of Boba Fett. So, it, it, you know, in, in a way, they have sort of that seed has sort of sprouted, just maybe not in the way that it was initially envisioned. But this episode, again, this is their actual debut in Star Wars canon and Star Wars lore. This is our first appearance of the Pikes. And once the Pikes join the fold, they join willingly. There's no struggle there. They, they want to be part of the action. They're not interested in being uh, in conflict with the forming of the Shadow Collective and, and everything that Death Watch, Black Sun, and the Mandalorians, and I'm sorry, and, and Maul and Oppress have in play. They're just like, no, cut us in. We're, 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 let's make this happen. You know, we got the spice. We got those resources. Now they're your resources. The last sort of seed to fall, or not seed, I shouldn't say, but sort of like the last syndicate to, to sort of fall to their sway is the Huts, And the Huts, of course, are not going to be uh, easily bullied into joining this, this, this forming Shadow Collective. No, no, no. Uh, our Death Watch, our Sith Lords, <laughs> they go to meet with the Hut Council 
and you know Jabba's not there. He's on hologram. Um, but the Hut Council, they have protection there, and Jabba orders uh, uh, these these bounty hunters to protect them, right? And, and ones we've seen before, again, sort of more elements of characters that were planted earlier in the, in, the, in the show. Now we're seeing them in a different light. Well, maybe not a different light, but in, in it's nice to see them brought back, I guess is really what I'm trying to say here. You know, we've seen uh, Shugi before. We've seen Embo. We've seen Lazarazi. And, of course, Dengar, uh, employed by the Hut Council as, as, as muscle, right? Uh, and, and they put up a good fight against Death Watch and Maul and Savage. Uh, but ultimately, they they are outmatched, outclassed, and and make a break for it. And Maul decides to spare them because they're simply mercenaries. There's no loyalty there. They won't be a problem down the road. They're not going to come after uh, Maul for revenge or anything like that. Uh, he knows that it's no good, and which is good news because I love Embo. Is like one of my favorite characters introduced in Star Wars and the Clo- Star Wars: The Clone Wars. So to have him not get cut in half, but a great battle sequence between Embo. And Savage, as, as you know, Embo has that giant metal helmet, and, and Savage is just wailing on it. Like, um, you know, Embo's kind of using it like like a Captain America shield for defense, and, and Maul, or I'm sorry, Savage is just hammering the crap out of it. It's a really uh, a great sequence. Uh, from this, there is a um, <laughs> there's there's a it's sort of a funny bit as as Maul interrogates uh, the the lone. Hut Lord left behind after uh, the bounty hunters have been sent running, uh, and and I just want to play this sequence because I, I just sort of get a chuckle out of it. So you'll hear some hoodies, uh, but but Maul's reaction to the information as being given to him is is priceless. And again, it's it's Sam Witwer just being absolutely awesome, awesome, awesome. So check this out. All right, so you'll hear the Hut being interrogated with a lightsaber being held to him. Here you go. Give me a location. Tatooine! Tatooine! Jabba's palace. So the only thing that you can tell me is that I will find Jabba at Jabba's palace. I just love the way he delivers that line. It's so good. All right, we're going to go back a little bit because I want to kind of underline... Uh, some of the growing tensions between Maul and, and Pre Vizsla. So I'm going to cue that up for you guys, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more. All right, so this sequence takes us back to right after uh, Black Sun agrees to join this, this you know, new Shadow Collective. Uh, and and you know, Pre Vizsla thinks that, that now, now they have the army they need. Now they can take Mandalore. Now's the time to, to get his revenge on, on Duchess Satine. Uh, and, and again... Maul is, is, has much, much bigger plans, and he has no problem putting Vizsla into place. Check it out. We have our army now. I have a plan to undermine Satine. The army is weak. We are not ready for the Duchess. With my plan, we won't need a bigger force. There is only one plan, one vision. And it belongs to Death Watch. Your vision lacks clarity. Without us, you have no army and no reason to replace the Duchess. The depth of this opportunity eludes you. You shall watch and learn. Yeah, Vizsla did not 
like that comment very much. It's from here that we get our introduction uh, of the Pikes. And <laughs> again, I think there's, uh, I'm going to queue up the next interaction between Vizsla and Maul because, again, Vizsla's, Vizsla is sort of taking this opportunity to learn, but he's also not liking be, uh, being a subordinate to Maul. And <laughs> it's going to put them into conflict. You know that it is. All right, now this exchange between Vizsla and Maul comes after the forces have gone to Tatooine. They've gone to Jabba's palace. They've uh, handled his forces fairly easily. Uh, <laughs> and Maul delivers the ultimatum, uh, join us or suffer. And, and uh, Jabba, not a fan of suffering. So, yeah, it was. It, it, they decided to join pretty easily. I'm sure it was just Jabba's uh, plan all along. You know, you know that Jabba the Hutt, he's a, he's a rascal. He's a real rascally fella. So... Now the stage is set, and let's hear Vizsla and Maul talk yet again. Uh, again, just juicy stuff. I love the interplay between these two characters. It's, it's, it's really fun, fun for us to watch at least. Maybe not fun for Vizsla. Between the huts, Black Sun, and the Pikes, we'll have a large reserve of muscle and supplies. Yes. Then Mandalore and Kenobi are still our priority? They are vital. I'm curious to hear the rest of your plan. The vision has expanded. You will still rule Mandalore, and under your protection, I will command a new galactic underworld. Okay, so what you don't see there, because this is a podcast, you can't see Vizsla uh, making a fist in anger at, at <laughs> this sort of, again, sort of being in a sub put into a subordinate position. Uh, sure. He's going to have Mandalore, but he's still in service to Maul, and he's not really digging that idea too much. Mandalore influences a league of 2,000 neutral systems. It gives you a great deal of options for your enterprise. You have learned from your previous oversights. With their combined forces, the Republic and the Separatists will be irrelevant. Then are we ready? Mobilize the army. Send an advanced guard to the capital. I want a list of targets vital to Mandalore security. Choose wisely. There will be no second chances. So, big, big stuff. Everything's in place. Again, in that moment, Vizsla making that fist, he wants to say something. He wants desperately to argue to plead his case right but he's he's he has learned from his time and again i think he knows who the superior force is in this relationship and it unfortunately he knows it's not him uh, so he has to sort of play a bit of a long game here with maul and that's not you know that's not necessarily vizsla's preferred method of doing things <laughs> so um it's gonna be a real interesting end, and as Maul leaves, Vizsla will turn to his uh, right-hand person, Bo-Katan, and uh, like I said, Vizsla's got his own ideas. Let's check it out to close out the episode. Stay focused. Mandalore will soon be ours, and Maul and his brother will be dead alongside the Duchess.
there you have it. Again, Vizsla, he's, he's got some ideas. Apparently he thinks he can dispose of Maul and uh, Savage pretty easily, but I think we all know not quite going to be as easy as all that. Um, but again, we're setting the stage for two more really, really strong episodes in, in, the, in this arc here. Uh, and it's, it's just going to be awesome. It's going to be insanely exciting to, to talk about these episodes once again, to rewatch these episodes once again. Uh, just an, an absolute power, powerfully entertaining episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars right here. And especially if you enjoy the bad guys. If you're here for the bad guys, then you're here for this episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars because it delivers the baddies in the biggest, baddest way possible. Forming, forming alliances, uh, uh, plotting behind each other's backs, all kinds of juiciness. And, ooh, I love it. This episode is nine buckets. It's out of the park awesome. And and I, it was so good, I watched it two times in a row. That's how much I enjoyed it. It was awesome. <laughs> and I can't wait to do the same thing uh, with the next episode in the, in the arc. So stay tuned. You know we'll be back for that next week. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about it because it's just we're, we're kicking off some really powerful episodes, and I can't wait to talk to, talk to you guys about all of them and, and kind of have us all relive the experience with it. Uh, thinking about this episode in particular, uh, I, I remember thinking back on it when it, when it debuted, when it aired back in, in, in 2012, uh, 2013, excuse me, um, that it was the moment that sort of clicked for me bringing Maul back. You know, for, for a little while, I sort of chafed at Maul's return. I, I sort of thought it was like a gimmick. I wasn't sure, like, what direction they were going to take it in. Now, there had been good episodes up to that point, but I wasn't quite sure where they were going to try and, and, and take his story uh, this is when I became like a believer in the in the mall storyline and and wanting to see where it went and, and seeing how they were going to play this out uh, and you know and they, and they kind of pull the taffy on the storyline for quite some time. It does take some time to kind of uh, see how it all ends because obviously the the fate of the Clone Wars uh, changes drastically in the next season. Uh, but we'll talk about that more down the road. I am I I sort of toyed with the idea of also talking about uh, Maul and the Shadow Collective. And, and how it pertains to, to Crimson Dawn and his appearance at the end of Solo. But that is a, that is a conversation that is worthy of its own podcast episode uh, because there's just a lot of material there to kind of sort through and, and to put, put into like sort of like a chronological linear order that would make some sense. <laughs> but maybe we'll talk about that at another time. But yeah, I mean, the, the Shadow Collective that he's forming, uh, it has long-lasting impact on Star Wars uh, from the end of the Clone Wars to the beginning of the Rebellion. And I'm sorry, th through the Battle of Yavin, even, uh, and then you know the it, it picks up later on in, in the comic books as, as 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 Kira takes the reins of Crimson of Crimson of Crimson Dawn. So uh, again, worthy of its own podcast episode. So maybe we'll get to that down the road. Uh, let's wrap it up because this is this is the Men of Vision podcast. I want to thank you all so much for listening. Uh, I am your host Nargai Tom, and I truly appreciate you taking the time to support small independent Star Wars podcasts like us. Make sure you're following us on social media. Excuse me, I got a little frog going on in my throat. Uh, we're at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter and Instagram. Email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. A great way to support the show. Five-star reviews on whatever platform you enjoy. We thank you so much for that support. Buckethead Nation, you are the best. And we do the show because... 
you're here, you're listening, and, and Bucketheads Unite. That's that's our motto here. So go out there, continue to be great Star Wars fans, and I will be back here to talk more Star Wars The Clone Wars, more Mandalorian mercenary action. Uh, I just can't wait. It's going to be so exciting. All right, let's get out of here, friends. We'll talk soon. All right, Bucketheads. Remember, this podcast only ends one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession.